Welcome to the Onyx Pathcast. I'm this week's host, Eddie Webb, and with me are Dixie Cochran. Hello. And Matthew Dawkins. Hello. And we are live at Virtual Horror Con 2021. Um, so if you're watching us live, obviously it's pretty self-evident. If you listen to us later, we're no longer live. So either way, it's kind of a dumb thing to say, but we've done it. We're moving on. Yep. We're not all Ed- dead, though, right? We are like all still alive, I hope. Uh, I mean, maybe. All there is. Unless like, you know, somehow this podcast survives to like, you know, after the, the great machine uprising, then, you know, maybe we're not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what we've ascertained really, Eddie, is that you're a liar. <laughs> the vast, vast majority of the podcast audience who will listen to this in what about two weeks uh they will yeah determine that no we are not live nor are we alive because of the great machine uprising we are in fact dead and pre-recorded well actually um it was this, it was in our previous episodes um we we determined that actually everything we say on the podcast was canon so uh, therefore, okay. it, it must be true all right um, but no, with us today, uh, as always, our favorite co-host and or guest, uh, Rich Thomas of Onyx Path Publishing. Hello. Um, and we're going to talk about Onyx Path and stuff and whatever questions people in the chat would like to sling at us. So if you are in the chat, um, feel free to ask us any questions. Uh, please preface with the word question in all caps so we can more easily see it. And we will try to get to the ones we can or the ones we can talk about. Some may be like, eh, you can't really talk about that. I have a question. I have a question. Type, a question? It, type it in the chat then, Dick. No, that's the no, rule. no. What the heck? No, I want <laughs> I, rules. I can do uh. what I want. Um, Rich, have you listened to the episode yet where we did discuss everything we said it was canon? And do you agree with it? Um, I've listened to every episode except I'm only part of the way through this last week's. So, yes. You may not have heard that yet, have you? <laughs> or... It, well, that's hard going. Most of our episodes, you know, hard going stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. Is it going to be up this coming week? You know, maybe we've recorded a bunch in short succession, so <laughs> I've already lost track. Oh, my God. Am I like talking about something that hasn't happened yet? Ah, well, this, see, the this week would be last week for when people probably will be listening to this. Oh, my God. I don't know what's happening. I'm in touch. Timey wimey. Wibbly wobbly. Oh, can we talk about Mummy the Curse a little? Yeah, yeah sure. Go for that, it. That's actually why I think I'm hoping that yeah. like work. Brilliant segue there, Dixie. Well done. Seamless, seamless. Uh, my my calling it out as well, I think, really helped with that. <laughs> and you're a hero, Matthew. Yeah, well, you know, I try. Uh, the Mummy the Curse second edition uh, Kickstarter PDF to backers, well, that's a mouthful, has uh, gone out and Errata is coming in, but I wanted to call it out because the feedback on this book has been spectacularly positive and that is wonderful to see because mummy i think it's fair to say isn't one of let's say the main lines of chronicles of darkness isn't always seen as such uh, next to the vampires changelings mages let's say but to see it heralded in such a universally positive way is immensely gratifying to me and to the writing team who have all mm-hmm. been glowing about it they've all been talking on the team slack about everyone's uh, fantastic feedback so thank you very much for providing that 
And uh, I also wanted to just say that I think it's as good as it is because of you right there. Just, that's it, you. <laughs> just you. Uh, because of all the feedback Me? you provided. Yeah, you. Uh, because of all the feedback <laughs> you provided. And especially you. Uh, <laughs> all the feedback that was provided during the course of the Kickstarter really helped us tune up the manuscripts. And one of the things on its path, I feel, both as a... Well, developer for Onyx Path, but also as a cult, frequent customer of Onyx Path, is one of our greatest strengths is how communicative we are with the fans, our mm -hmm. customers. Uh, we like to listen to people's feedback when it is, you know, constructive. <laughs> and there was so much constructive feedback on Mummy that really helped make the game what it is in you know, today's iteration and we'll still incorporate errata from the backer copy of course, of course and that will make it even better i'm sure but thank you very much to everyone who told us um, what they wanted to see more of in at the kickstarter stage because we listened we put it in and now people are really saying wow i can see how well you've improved the utterances in this game and now i really want to play a cultist and so on so Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, everybody. Not bad for a drunken elevator pitch that Matthew made to me at Gen Con one year. <laughs> That's, yeah, I th I'm sure there was some finger pointing on, wouldn't it be good? <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm telling you hey, is time is valuable. I can yeah. put, <laughs> we'll have it this time and then the other time. And, and Because they're not undead. They're life. Listen, no, deathless, deathless, which means <laughs> that's they what it is. Yeah, that's the all ticket. Times. Uh, that's how I recall it. Um, I may have even. No, see, how I recall it is. I got this idea, see, and I want to tell you about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really great. Hey, man, wait there, wait there, boss. So, actually, there's a question from chat was, how what drunk were you? The elevator stops the door from closing. <laughs> you can't get away from me. I'm going to tell you about mummy. Yeah, Mark, uh, Mark from McGahanna gave me wants to know how, how drunk you were. Uh, I've only been. On a very scale. drunk at Gen Con once, and it wasn't on that occasion. And Eddie looked after me because he's a lovely man. Um, and that was one of those mistakes you never want to repeat again. Right. I blame one of our frequent collaborators at Onyx Path, Aaron Voss, because <laughs> yes. he um, he was the, running what, a pitch for his games. Yeah, yeah, it was a party. The alcohol was free and flowing, and mm -hmm. I included. Uh, spirits and so uh, I do love a good whiskey and I loved a lot of good whiskeys that night. Yes, you did. Yeah, one succession. Of the, one of the mm. drunkest I have been at a con was when I went to the Geek and Sundry party and they were like, free bar. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sucked in once again. <laughs> Can't I'm use the Teen Phoenix. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and there is a follow-up question is how many game pitches are the result of drunken Gen Con shenanigans and the surprisingly low number, I would say. Yeah, I think most mm. game pitches we actually um, try, mm -hmm. uh, you know. <laughs> we try at sobriety for just the game pitches every, every other time. I will know. say uh, there have been some game pitches that have been discussed coming out of our rambling podcast episodes. We were all completely yeah. sober as far as I'm aware. So yeah. I, I haven't actually pitched this yet so i'm not going to tell you any details about it but i pretty much like talked myself backwards into a pitch the other day because i was like i want to do this kind of game and then i was like oh i could do it with this and i could do it with this and oh my god now i want to actually do it and i kind of like backwards walked I myself into a game it. pitch ah. nice <laughs> that that was during our summit yeah 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I do remember that now. Okay. I was like, it's like you weren't there. No, no. I. It's all a blur. Time is a flat circle. Yeah. I just forgot which summit you're talking about for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. Was it? Was it at? You know, Milwaukee? No, wait, no. Two weeks ago. Kilimanjaro. Yeah, it was the summit of Kilimanjaro. Right. We're up there with Brian Blessed. We've yeah. discussed that, but with COVID, we can't do Kilimanjaro this year. The <laughs> follow-up question, that's what are y'all's go-to drinks? Well, no. at the moment, it's sadly, it's, well, it's water. Not not but. now, like at a bar, <laughs> at a con. Well, everybody knows mine, Captain and Coke. Right. Yep. The official White Wolf uh, alcohol, I've been told. Probably yeah, good so that I never worked for White Wolf then because I don't like rum. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would kind of screw you up there, but there was plenty of other alcohol, don't worry. Uh, at most bars, mine's an old fashioned or some variation thereof, but pretty much anything like kind of smoky, herby whiskey. I also really love a last word, like their favorite cocktail. What's last that? word? What's that? Uh, that is gin, chartreuse, maraschino liqueur, and lime juice. And it's a oh. what it's, it's a one to one cocktail, so it's an equal amount of, 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 of each one. Oh. What is chartreuse made of? Is that like a, fl- a floral? Yeah, so chartreuse is made of like well over a hundred herbs and flowers and stuff. It's been made by the same monks in France since like the 1700s. Oh. Uh, it's one of those things like chartreuse the liquor is where we get chartreuse the color from. Sure. It wasn't named after the color. The color was named after the I, was say, is it, is it, I just imagine like actually liquefied color somehow is in this drink. Mm-hmm. It's some kind of weird yeah. cathonic change. Yeah, so really it's, it's a it's, color it's, out of it's, space. It's, right. it's, it's herby. It's got a little bit of like anise taste to it. Ooh. Because um, nice. I, I I do like herbaceous or bitter or smoky drinks more than I like sweet drinks or fruity drinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever have Brennavin? Um, I did. Yeah, no. It's an Icelandic drink. It's called Black Death. No. And boy, it is like it is like uh anise and caraway together. Ooh. Yeah. So it's like it's like licorice and, and rye bread. That sounds good. It's, it's it's an acquired taste, I think, but I really liked it. I it's mean, funny, I like have... a, a lot of people are like, Oh my god, this thing is terrible. And then I got a shot of it in Iceland, but it was very, very cold. The drink was cold. Iceland was also cold, but the drink itself was cold, and I really enjoyed it. And then I had it again when it was room temperature, and I did not like it at all. So it's definitely mm-hmm. something I think works better chilled. It's really good when you're having that uh, end of the uh, was it end of the winter feast that they mm-hmm. have, where it's all the food stuffs that yeah, I think it is all the food stuffs that have survived. It's everything with the last stuff in the cellar and things. So it's like scraped cod skin and uh, uh, ca- uh, lamb cheeks. Uh, sheep cheeks, uh, sheep heads, entire sheep head, half a sheep head, stuff mm. like that. Uh, and for some reason, Brennavin just goes really well with that. I think it's a, you know, it's like having the entire Icelandic uh, experience. And um, Pea Shark. Oh, wow. Welcome to the Onyx Barcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew, what is your drink? We haven't talked about yours yet. Uh, so I've varied over the course of my life. Usually if I've been particularly drunk on something, as most of us do, especially if you're sick on something, you very rarely go back to it because the smell of it brings mm-hmm. you back to that fateful moment. Yeah. So I, I've been through Perno and red wine and um, various beers. But these days, if I'm drinking a spirit, 
I tend to go for the Black Grouse Scotch, which over here is only released in around Christmas time. It does have a very wintry heat to it. It's nice mm-hmm. and earthy uh, without trying to sound too up my own ass connoisseur like. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, you can buy it off the shelf of pretty much any supermarket and just because it's available in a supermarket doesn't mean it tastes bad, but yeah, I think the black grouse is a very, very pleasant warming drink for winter time. Hey, I mean, I, I, I love a last word, but I also like keep box wine in my fridge, so I'm not going to God, Dixie. Oh. like, <laughs> not in, you know, you buy certain liquor at the supermarket. Oh, Dixie, I remember when when they first brought out the box wine, and we liked it. <laughs> I remember my mom keeping it in the fridge when I was a kid. So yeah. And garlic bread. Garlic bread was new once. Yeah. <laughs> in, in tinfoil wrapper. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> um, for me, uh, I don't drink much at, at shows anymore, um, but uh, generally, you know, I actually don't mind uh, a beer, um, a red ale, usually if I can get some form of it, um, occasionally uh, a, a stout like a Guinness. Um, if I do go for mixed drinks, um, like Rich, I, I kind of just go for uh, a rum and coke if I don't really know the bartender because it's a relatively easy drink to get. Uh, and also, I can usually follow it up with just Cokes and no one knows the difference. So. <laughs> Yeah, if I'm at like a shitty bar, I usually end up getting like a gin and ginger ale with lime or something or like a, a, a you know, whiskey sour because right. I don't, if if I go to a bar and I want an old fashioned and all they have are like those bright red cherries, it's not going to be a good old fashioned. Right. So I don't want that old fashioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. like, yeah. You're already into the, the more uh, uh, qualified old fashions. You've, you've moved I into keep, that level of, of enjoyment. I keep those $20 cherries the, in, the my, drunken cherries? in my bar. Like, yeah. well, the, 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 like Maraschino, Super Dark, Luxardo yeah. cherries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like those are, I have this in my kitchen right now because... Let's let's face it. Yeah, it's 18, 20 bucks a jar of those cherries, but you only use one per drink and you really only I, it's it's not like I'm drinking eight drinks a night or anything. You yeah. Know? They, they last a while. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unless you eat them out of the jar like I've been known to do. I do not do that, but I do usually put two in my old fashions because I'm decadent. I will say um, one thing that I, I, I've learned recently um, is uh, so there's been a couple of bars here in sorry restaurants here in Atlanta where um, the mixologist left one restaurant to form her own restaurant. And then of course COVID happened. So she started selling right. uh, cocktail kits over the internet. Oh, smart. Um, and right around Christmas, uh, she got a whole bunch of Darth Vader tiki's. And so she sent uh, Darth and Stormy's. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> and they are delicious that's great oh my god they are amazing most so. of our local bars have been doing the like takeout cocktail thing throughout quarantine. Mm-hmm. so like last night we ordered burritos and i had a tamarind mezcal margarita nice. um, that was super good and like mo- most of our local restaurants have been doing the like you know have some drinks with your food because that's where a lot of our money comes from right mm-hmm. uh so we, we've and we've been trying to support local obviously during all totally. this so yeah, like same. if our local restaurants do that it's like oh okay that's a good way to like add another 10 20 bucks on our thing and you know right get something that we want mm-hmm. yeah so yeah uh we we, we have actual questions yeah um, we should probably get those i just i want to make sure we answer this question cash. first <laughs> we've, we've I, answered this one thoroughly i feel i used to bartend i can talk about cocktails for like hours so and on the podcast we probably will yeah sure why not <laughs> um but yes uh the question we did have 
um, was uh, in this time of social distancing, we'll be seeing more content for VTT use. Yes. Well, Excellent. that's good. <laughs> Done. I guess. 20 minutes on the cocktail do, question. One word. <laughs> VTT. Do, 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 you, do you want to talk about the kind of material we have yeah, got yeah. going on to VTT, Rich? Sure. You mean like <laughs> you and me or, or this? Yeah, you. <laughs> You're the guest. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, well, what we, uh, the first things that we've, we've actually accelerated on um, because we were uh, pushing as much as we could. I mean, we have VTT. Um, Scarlands material adventures. We have um, all the. Uh, I think a couple of the of the VTT platforms. We actually have the base. Um, you know, here's the Scarlands sort of information. Mm -hmm. um, and then the biggest thing that we've put together is is just uh, maps and tokens. And mm. for the Scarlands things, that's you know, that that's pretty easy. A lot of our other things a little harder to do. But what we're actually doing now is that every time we are looking at a new pitch and a project that we're currently working on or that we will be working on, we are starting to incorporate a VTT track with it, so that you're, we're basically saying if we're going like I may say this about Squeaks in the Deep, which uh, is is the the uh, Pugmire. Uh, mouse and rat uh, supplement uh, additional book uh, facet of the world of the realms of pugmar that's right. that uh, we're currently working on and that eddie i think has have you run that or is it yeah i ran that yesterday yesterday i was a mouse uh, named Laszlo. at, at uh, just a little a demo game during uh, the, the convention and the um one of the one of the ideas behind it was that this is the underground this is this is the dungeons below pugmire and the and, and the caverns and things like that which of course would eventually turn into areas that used to be uh, uh arch architecture or, or underground that man had uh, as they as these uh these various um, uplifted animals explore mm -hmm. man ruins and so it's really dungeon delving and we had a certain amount of maps and things that we were talking about yeah we can put this in that and, and then when we really said you know what VTT is really working out well for mm -hmm. us to do more of that. And we sort of, so we kind of doubled the amount that would be in uh, Squeaks in the Deep because we're going to then use those maps and tokens uh, of, from both Squeaks in the Deep and Pugmar and uh, Monogreens and Mal to um, all be available for VTT play, uh, you know, uh, and play that up. And we're doing that across the board. We just, what was it two weeks? Well, Two weeks ago when we we're having this meeting so you know this this uh this taping the uh got the okay from our friends at paradox to go ahead and do vtt elements from the books that we've created for them so mm -hmm. uh we started i think already moving forward with uh chicago and uh, and we'll continue to do that and, and bring those things up to that sort of thing so we're kind of bringing a bunch of things uh forward into the vtt space plus pre-planning ahead of time we want to have these these aspects of any given book available on vtt and we're making a lot of uh progress with making partnerships and and, and um, specific platform um deals with uh with the likes of astral and uh roll 20 and uh, fantasy grounds and uh, i think a couple others so it's it's a uh it's really been a, an initiative that, that we've been trying to push forward for a couple of years. And one of the I don't know, after effects or results of 
the, the COVID time period has been, you know, obviously a lot more emphasis on uh, VTT play. And so that dovetailed nicely into what we were trying to do anyway and, and gave us a lot of impetus to move forward with it. Right. So a, nice, a, a better, longer? Yes, that, that is that is adequate. Um, I just wanted to add that um, we're at a slightly awkward stage where, um, like Rich says, we're looking at books going forward that corporate VTT, but they're the initial design for those kinds of books kind of started falling into place a little bit last year. And so now we're just starting to see those moving forward and potentially getting out into people's hands, combined with the fact that there is a huge amount of work difference between cropping art to make little tokens and providing robust virtual tabletop support. So it's one of those things that like, we do want to do a whole bunch of it, but also we're at the opera stage where we don't quite have everything to show a bunch of people yet. So we're moving things out, we're getting things forward, but there's going to be a lot of backend work before people start really realizing that. So it's not going to be like suddenly, you know, well, OPP con comes in June and we just suddenly, here's a whole bunch of VTC. It's not going to be quite like that. That's the thing. It it has to be remembered, you know, whenever we do anything like this, that as Eddie was saying, it requires work. It requ- and, and often mm-hmm. when we work on one thing, that means we have to not work on something else. So there's there's not a huge amount of open bandwidth for anybody uh, mm-hmm. in, in Onyx Path. So uh, to make that choice to move into that, you'll see in most probably all of our Kickstarters going forth from here on in that there will be VTT stretch goals mm-hmm. to say for, for this book, we're going to do this. That's not like we wouldn't do that eventually. That prioritizes the VTT stuff so that it gets worked on during something that we hadn't originally planned on to be worked on during. Right. And so, you know, that's what Eddie's talking about is that sort of that zone in the middle, not old things that we're just pulling forward, uh, and not new things that we haven't even started to, to uh, get you know, into layout or anything, but those things that are already at the stage where it's pretty much written. So now we have to go back if we want to do anything with VTT stuff and think, how do we make that work? And that takes time and effort. Yep. Absolutely. Um, uh, so uh, I kind of want to rewind a little bit. Uh, um, we, we've talked a lot about cocktails, talked a lot about VTT. Um, sure. We haven't really talked about virtual horror con this year and our experience this so far, because it is Sunday, right? So I'm like a good chunk of the convention is over. There's still some left to come. Um, what have all of your experiences been with uh, Virtual Horror Con so far this year? Oh, everything's been grand for me. I've been uh, watching panels, taking part in, uh, I took part in horror in media panel yesterday. That was mm-hmm. very good, very well attended as well. Uh, lots of positive feedback from the audience. And after this panel, shortly after, in fact, I will be running <laughs> They Came From Camp Murder Lake, Yay! which mm. is an extension of They Came From uh, Beyond the Grave, which you can still uh, support on backer kits. Uh, Camp Murder Lake is the slasher movie variant for Beyond yeah. the Grave. Uh, it is so the way we're releasing that book isn't going to be a full core book like Beneath the Sea and Beyond the Grave because the core rules exist in Beyond the Grave, but it has new archetypes, it has some new cinematics, new quips, new monsters, of course, you know, massive bestiary of variant slasher types. And yeah, it's uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, running that for Dixie and others. Uh, so yeah, do keep your eyes open for that. Uh, check at my Twitter, Dawkins MP, where I will be constantly hustling where you can find it in the hour between this panel and that game. Probably uh, be retweeting you, so you know. All right, wonderful. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, I think it's all been going well. Uh, the communication's been great, and I'm seeing a lot of engagement on Twitter from all kinds of people uh, who are enjoying it. So good stuff as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Yeah, there was a Beyond the Grave game yesterday, too, that West ran. Yeah. It's fun. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was super fun. I, I, I watched most of it. I planned to watch the rest on VOD, but I had to go make dinner. But yeah. Yeah, I saw uh, one of um, our frequent freelancers, Kat Evans, tweeting about it because she was watching it and she basically said, this is everything I imagined Beyond the Grave to be. So, yeah. that, <laughs> Good, good, good. That, that, yeah, Wes, means... Wes is very good at framing it like a movie. Like he'll actually say, oh, like, really? you know, okay, like you've seen your like, let's all go to the lobby and I'd like <laughs> to go down and like you're in a dingy, smoky theater with like four other people because, you know, because mm -hmm. it's a bad horror movie. And he, he like introduces the cast with like pans and like introduces important in NPCs that way too. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. So like pan over to like one of the, you know, players that will be like, and sitting across from that player is X NPC. And he just sets it up really well. So yeah, no, I am a, I am a fan of how Wes Franks uh, mm. runs the game from games. And I'm right. in an awkward situation where I want to connect that to a piece of pop culture right now but it's a massive spoiler for me to talk about that so i can't <laughs> don't do it eddie yes i know what you're talking about i yes. now know what you're talking about you've already bragged and bragged about i have bragged about what i knew i knew too <laughs> yeah but you didn't seem to brag as much as eddie bragged. Oh, no, i i i, I, I talk to my boyfriend i don't brag there we go oh, oh, man um, so, Rich, have you, have you managed to watch or hang out with anything yet today? This weekend? Uh, I believe I watched the very panel that Matthew was just, uh, just talking about. The, uh, nice. How to, how, to, how to do horror in media. And, uh, and it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of good ideas. A lot of, uh, obviously, people coming out from a lot of different directions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because There's a fair amount of disagreement on that. Yeah, really? actually, but you know, public yeah. disagreement. That's, that's what I mean. It was, it was, that was the interesting part because, I mean, you have... Uh, at least the one that the one that I saw uh, had the uh, had the one actress, mm -hmm. Josephine. Josephine, right? And mm -hmm. uh, and so her point of view coming into this from the performing end of it, oh. and also on what horror media is outside of you know the, the tabletop stuff that a lot of people were specialized in. She was bringing some insights on you know well they won't they wouldn't do that in for for making even an indie horror film because of X Y and Z. So mm. I, you know that's that kind of stuff I think is nice to leaven into a discussion that could be mostly just about you know uh, uh, horror media, but really gaming. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so so that that was that was really good. But no, that was uh, that was the one that I, I managed to do it. I've been look waiting for the alerts coming up on social media and going do i have yeah i have time for this one let's check that out <laughs> i had a lot of fun on friday night playing the alien rpg which was also yeah run by you, Wes. your uh, makeup was great for that phenomenal that yeah, was, it was so I'm a cat good. boy yeah uh, my my favorite thing about it was that we you know popped on and we were introducing the game and everything and i'm sitting there in my makeup and like i'm i'm, I'm, I'm on screen and at least one person in the chat was like where's dixie um <laughs> It was really effective. And then I went to introduce myself, and I was like, "It's me. I'm, I'm here." But I, I did like drag makeup, essentially, like drag king makeup. Right. Like I have, you know, some facial mm -hmm. hair and thick eyebrows, all that stuff, because I'm a cabin boy. Like I'm not, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not Dixie right now. Anytime um, we need anybody playing an urchin, <laughs> you've got the job. I mean, we do play consulting detective where we play the Bakersfield regulars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I pick, picture oh, me like that whenever we play uh, consulting detective. Oh my god. Picture. 
that, that's gonna be seared in my head now <laughs> i didn't realize that i look kind of like a the actor that plays neville longbottom like uh, yeah. Yeah. younger right yeah i was like the, jesus all right from the earlier film so yeah 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 no oh. I, I i had a great time playing that game though because it was uh 19th century and based on the thing uh and it was really really mm-hmm. fun but also full of body horror and uh my my my, my poor sweet little uh Kip kepling was uh traumatized by the end of it <laughs> as cabin boys generally are yeah they, they rarely come through on skates i'm sorry I to always go into these games wanting to die because they're one shots and it's alien and i'm like i'll i'll get murdered turn sure. my I face into that survive. thing i want to get <laughs> Face hugger on me. When I played the last alien game, I was playing the like uh like like hot shot pilot type. Mm. And I kept like investigating sounds and like checking shit out, like wandering off from the group, and I survived. Mm. And I'm like, oh. how? how? It, <laughs> right. And like this one, I'm playing the cabin boy, and I keep like being like, yes, sir, I'll go check that out, sir. Of course, sir. And like survived. So like, whatever. I don't know. I Dumb didn't get die an alien. Well well don't worry, Dixie. If you decide to wander off and investigate that mysterious hole in the ice in Camp Murder Lake, you will die. <laughs> 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 Boy, make sure to murder it, you. That's a scene, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um now I, I I was just thinking if you we got you some mirror shades, um uh, like aviator glasses. Uh, oh, you, yeah. could, you could you could do the uh, the aliens pilot. What was her name? She was a great Farrow. character. Corporal Farrow. She was she was a great character. Yeah. Five by five. Yeah. The, nice. So she has two lines. Great character. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's, but, it's, it's, it's <laughs> attitude. Fantastic. It, it's it is amazing how aliens is uh it's oh, such a fantastic fire. movie. Yeah, that everyone can remember, or lots of people can remember the names of every single marine, including as you say, Spunkmeyer, who has no lines. <laughs> um, Spunkmeyer, Wisbowski, Crow, Spunkmeyer. Um, yeah, Apone, Frost, and, yep. and so on and so forth. You know, and most of them are dead by halfway through the movie. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, if you want a, a master class on how do you make people care about characters really quickly, hmm. the beginning of Aliens is just is just so well done. You yeah. know at least something about each one of them, and you know whether you like them or not. I guess mm-hmm. I should probably watch an alien movie. Nah, it'll ruin it. <laughs> like, yeah, if you go with Alien, then you get all the horror. If you go with Aliens, then you get, yeah, we don't want to do horror this time. We want to shoot them. And yeah. and it's one of the greatest science fiction adventures. I think I'm going to start with Alien 3. Yes, that's the best one, obviously. Oh, yeah, or yeah, the, <laughs> I think there might have been a fourth one. There might have been an eighth one. I don't really no, know. No, no fourth one. No, as as Eddie was saying, you've seen Prometheus. So you've seen Alien distilled into its purest form. <laughs> right, so exactly. I don't. I don't think you need to see any. You no, no, be careful it's... with that one. Yep. And it also has one hundred percent more running away from giant donuts than oh, yeah. both does. of the like Promethean. Whatever. Yeah, I, you, I, you I, saw Alien Covenant, didn't that's you? That's what it's called. I always yeah, forget what, what it's called. What a bizarre. Yeah. Oh, it's sorry, got it's got twenty minutes of Michael Fassbender playing uh, a flute. And have you seen <laughs> Aliens versus Predator one and two? No, no, I've uh, literally you're, seen you're two out. Alien movies. I've seen Prometheus and Alien Covenant. And I guess you've seen Godfather three, and you intend to loop back at some point. I've never seen a yet, Godfather movie. Godfather three was recut by Coppola. I hear it's fantastic. It saves the entire. Film. Oh really? And I, and, and I haven't had a chance to watch it because I again big block of time to watch a Godfather film. Yeah. Um, and, I am doubtful. I really want to. 
I feel mm. doubtful about it. What I'm hearing, though, it sounds like from now on, we should just watch the third movie in all trilogies and never bother with the first two and just well, see what happens. Yeah, we, we've started yeah. off with a good trend with The Hobbit, haven't we? So. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you could have unlimbered your 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 observations on any of the Hobbit films and 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 skewered them just as well. The third one just was more off the rails than anything else, but that tends to be yeah. the way with all of those trilogies. I don't think it was ever really on the rails, but yes, I see. Well, it was such it, the, the little bit it was on the rails was because of um, Watson. Um, Martin Freeman, Tim yeah, from the yeah. Office. Yeah, right. um, yeah. It, the, the the movie was a werebear. The movie was a werebear being dropped from the sky by a so giant good. eagle. So um, good. Like you do. That's, yeah. You know. I still love that I that he was shape-shifting, so I like I, I would have glanced away for a split second and looked back and I was like, there's just an eagle throwing a bear. Like what happened? Like you and, do. And that's that's, that's how it works in Werewolf the Apocalypse and how the veil <laughs> mains is maintained because people just don't believe what they see. Uh, they just look away and say, Oh, there's a giant wolf there. Of course there is. So of course there is. It's 16 uh Korax is carrying the bear. <laughs> 16 Koraks is in a trench coat, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> Probably because they want to kill him. Yeah. Um, they just happen to drop him into a battle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Uh, uh, but uh, to, to finish the original question um, about that uh, virtual horror con, um, we mentioned that I, um, we, we, I had uh, Squeaks in Deep yesterday. Um, and, and that was fun partially because all the players were like, oh, it's a Pugmire game, but it's virtual horror con. And so they're like, oh yeah, it's just gonna be a fun game. And then about two and a half hours in, they started to realize, oh, this is getting really creepy. No, I know, I know you. Well, I you know, know me, but do. everybody else seemed like, oh, it's be fun, do, 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 do. And then it just stopped being, I mean, it was fun, but very different kind of fun. But um, no, we got, I actually got some good feedback on it. Um, uh, at the end, we talked through some of the, the concerns I had, and I got some really good feedback on that. So that's, I think the manuscript can be stronger as a result of that. Um, and I think it's it's hitting the right balance of what I've been calling spooky Plugmire. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's not horror in a very kind of you know, Vampire the Master Ray or World Darkness style, um, but it's still there's there's creepy stuff, and you can do creepy things in a way that's still safe and fun. Uh, so I, I think we definitely got that. Feed. Yes, and. and Plastic baby heads, which all do credit to um, uh, uh, Joshua Deutsch for writing up that. Josh Deitch wrote that, of course. Yeah, Josh yeah, Deitch wrote he that. Did. Uh huh. Yeah. It was, of it course, was, he freaking did. Because he, he has like, one of them on his shelf somewhere. He's just so good at creepy, and like, like his mm -hmm. his Pugmire short story is so good and creepy, but still very Pugmire. And that's exactly why I wanted him. Uh, uh, well, I mean, lots of other people did a fantastic job in nailing that tone, but I know, yeah. I knew he would do that very easily. Because he's, he's he's very fluent in that uh, tone, but so other people, a lot of the other writers did a fantastic job as well. So I'm I'm it's really happy that whoever wrote the mice and rats though. Just... I mean, yeah, though, God, never. Obviously, heard whoever wrote that didn't know anything about mechanics, and I had to just change it all. It needs to be heavily <laughs> edited. No, D Dixie wrote that, and it was, that just turned out to be really, really good. <laughs> yeah, I figured that she would just edit it too. <laughs> I, I fixed it, Eddie. Right. You seem to you seem to have replaced all my text with different text. So I just changed it back for you. That was obviously <laughs> copy paste error. Copy paste error. Well, I've had writers do that before when redlined. You know. Oh, oh. I deleted my redlines and ignored them. Oh, uh, so <laughs> not Dixie. Not Dixie. Well, rookie mistake. It was Eddie. So it, oh, yeah. I mean, because obviously I know better than you do. Well, yeah. Particularly when they came from games. Yes. Oh, don't, don't you own the RPG industry? Yeah, of course you do. Uh, true. I, I do own the RPG industry. Tendrils are everywhere. 
I do not actually own the RPG industry, just for full disclosure. Do but he tendrils? does have tendrils, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> you did not say no. Know. I'm not going to lie about everything. Um, so, uh, since this is kind of also a what's up with Onyx Path-ish panel, um, is we've already talked about, uh, they came from Camp Murder Lake. We've already talked about Squeaks and Deep. We, uh, I mentioned side reference to Onyx PathCon sometime in June. Is there anything else that we want to talk about this upcoming? You mentioned Onyx PathCon coming sometime in June? I did. Yeah, I was very, did. It was a very subtle reference, the, but I didn't the, make the, it. The second time we're doing an Onyx PathCon, and this time even bigger and better, and with lots of forewarning, like right now, in June? <laughs> yes. In June? In June? Like four months hence? <laughs> right. My lord. Yes, I, I said all of that. And you missed all of it. That was, so I appreciate you all recapping stuff I obviously and clearly said. <laughs> Just want to make sure that I was hearing you correctly, Eddie. I'm <laughs> trying to in plug June? anything. <laughs> the sixth month of the year? <laughs> Le convention de Onyx Path en juin? Sacre bleu. Sis. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to die. Now I'm going to watch Lupin again. Mais oui, Mathieu. Just to get some ah. actual good French accents. In my head. I apologize to all of our French fans. <laughs> oh, I drove them up a long time ago. Except one. Um, but no, are there, are there other ones, that, are there uh, books coming out or things that we should you know, no. be excited to talk about? No? Well, no yes. yes, there are, Matthew. In fact, this is one <laughs> you oversaw, so you might want to mention that. Well, coming this Tuesday. Tuesday. This Tuesday. This Tuesday. This would be the Tuesday. This would be the Tuesday from where we are right now. Tuesday the 23rd. So Tuesday, the 23rd Tuesday from February. like two weeks ago when this episode drops. February right. 23rd. <laughs> We will have tried for the first time. We don't know how this will go. We could be crying right now in the real time, but when people are listening to this, but we we have uh, we're trying our very first Indiegogo uh, crowdfunding campaign, mm-hmm. and it is for Victorian Mage, Ta-da. which, if you ask me, and all of you did telepathically, is the best era. Or Mage the Ascension, without shadow of a doubt. I long thought it before this book was even a twinkle in Rich Thomas's eye. I thought, what era would I play Mage the Ascension in if I could choose? And I thought, well, clearly the 19th century is fantastic. It's the best mashup of spiritualism and industry. If you want to really put the traditions up against the technocracy or the order of reason, as they still are, then, wow, 19th century is fantastic. It is the era at which the globe really starts opening up to trotting. And that also means in terms of your cosmopolitan, um, I guess, groups of mages, it presents you with a huge number of options without having to worry about, I don't know, um, treading on the, the questions of, well, would this tradition really be represented here? Yes, absolutely. You know, it was an amazingly cosmopolitan era. So mm-hmm. the book itself is developed by Ian A. Watson and Chris Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a wonderful team of writers on it too. It took a fair time to get it written because an awful lot of care and attention was paid to getting this book just right yeah. and i am i'm very happy with the manuscript i think you will be too uh, as with our kickstarters we will be releasing fragments of that manuscript out to backers as and when we can during the course of the indiegogo campaign 
So that means you can tune in, and if you like what you see, then brilliant. And if you don't like what you see, no harm done. You know, walk the other way. But we think you will like what you see, and you must stay committed to it. So, <laughs> and, and in terms of the whole Indiegogo thing, there are differences. I think Matthew kind of mm-hmm. touched on them on how we can deliver various things or how things are delivered. And I actually, uh, the Monday meeting notes blog for the twenty second. We'll have a listing of the things that we've seen so far and how we're dealing with them. So if you've heard things about Indiegogo, you're not quite sure, you've never backed on it before, uh, dig up on our on the Onyx Path uh, website, our, our, our home site, uh, the uh, Monday Meeting Notes blog for the 22nd, and there'll be a, a listing of things that are that are different for Indiegogo and, uh, and, and some of the, like, uh, concerns that people have raised about well i heard of this about i heard that about it because a lot of our people are used to being on kickstarter with us and so this is a this is a big change um so you could read through that and then maybe want to go check it out Mm -hmm. yeah this isn't us just leaving kickstarter i know a lot of people are big fans of the kickstarter platform we are uh we are just uh, we're trying out another option and uh, we will have another campaign going up on kickstarter by the end of, if not shortly after, Victorian Mage. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the current plan. So, yeah, we're not abandoning the Kickstarter platform. We are just flexing our options a little. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty convinced, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, potential backers, but when you see the art previews that we post on Indiegogo for Victorian Mage, they will win you over. Uh, and as I mentioned on one of our podcasts that may have been released, may not, I can't remember now. Uh, there's, as one would expect, a lot of purple and gold, but it looks more like brass than the traditional gold of the Mage of the Ascension. I think it's just just about perfect. It will really just drag you into the setting, I feel. We do a lot of we do a lot of playing around with it. I think some of the art is fantastic, and of course, you know it's 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 in period. So if you if you enjoy that period, or if you want to see how a uh, particular uh, tradition that you uh, ascribe to uh, was during that period, it's it's really worth uh, at least checking out. I think absolutely. But it's uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to to that. And the uh, the the next uh, Kickstarter that would appear on Kickstarter itself. Um, is what we're leading into right now with the adventure Trinity Continuum adventure, um, adventure. radio broadcasts with just the serials that have been, we've been running each week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we release every Wednesday, and uh, by the time they are all out there and people can listen to them either individually or the compiled version will be out afterwards, mm-hmm. um, you'll be able to uh, to then join us on the Kickstarter for Trinity Continuum adventure. No, absolutely. We uh we got a chance to work again with our friends at uh, Broken Bard Studios, who did a, a fantastic job putting together that little yep. audio drama for us, um, and that was just a, a, it's a ton of fun. Um, and so if you're not listening to the podcast, uh, definitely go uh, check it out on the podcast. It'll be uh, we're up to episode four, just gonna drop um the week after Virtual Horrorcon. Um, but also we have them up on theonyxpath.com, so you can go listen to them there. And like Rich said, uh, it, it, we're explicitly marketing that as it's going to be on Kickstarter. So, so the whole, some people have asked, "Are you guys abandoning Indiegogo?" That's a very clear indication. No, our next one's going to be on Kickstarter. Abandoning so. Kickstarter, but yeah, right. Yeah. It's really just a question. We, we just want to try to find additional ways to have our stuff go out to people and get people aware of it, um, and and get it into people's hands. And just staying with any one venue is not something that we really ever done. Um, so. This, it, it took it took a while for us to be able to to have the bandwidth to explore 
uh, another crowdfunding uh, platform like Indie GoGo. Mm. Um, I, I would just like to call it GoGo. 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 Um, we got about 15 minutes left. So quick reminder to the people who are watching, if you have questions for us, feel free to put them in the chat, preface with the word question in all caps. Um, although I do have a question for the panel, as it were. Um, Dixie did a great job interviewing the developers for the Victorian book. Um, although one question came up that the developers were a little unsure on themselves. <laughs> what is the title of the book officially? Uh, Mage 20th Anniversary Edition, Victorian Age. Victorian Does that Age. Mean that everywhere when I edit it, I have to change it because it says Victorian Mage throughout the whole manuscript. No, no. Um, <laughs> I think the fact that it says Victorian Mage through the manuscript is is fine because on brand. Yeah, exactly. We're not. Um, the the front cover will probably say Mage the Ascension 20th Anniversary Edition somewhere very small, but um, we yeah we don't need to repeat that. In so the answer is it has two titles, yeah, and that's just one how is it is. Victorian Mage and one is Mage the Ascension 20th Anniversary Edition Victorian Age, which is a totally right. different phrase. Right. Yes, <laughs> which is what is on the logo, and therefore that is what the book is named. But... <laughs> now, really, it should say M20. Colon Victorian age, at the very least. Sure, you can. Well, do yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to, if you want to do those edits, Dixie, you go right ahead. We were trying to make it easier. to make it easier for you, but you know, you go, you, you go, do the yeah, do, doing your job properly. Whoever's <laughs> on the Gehenna Gaming chat right now, uh, I don't know who's running that right this second. It says, "How excited are you for Dra for Scion Dragon and masks?" I'm excited. What? We, we we finished that Kickstarter. We have now completely forgotten about this project. Yes, <laughs> I don't even know those books are. What are you talking Moving about? Forward. We're the sharks We're those books. of gaming. We just keep moving forward. Put them on ice. <laughs> uh, really, really gratified by the response. To yeah, both books. It's, it was fantastic to see people uh, when we first put them up in, in, a, in sort of a larger group of people were able to see that these things were in existence my favorite one was the the person who was a very big scion fan who said i don't even need the to to bring the guy the pantheons into this yeah. mm -hmm. i want to do i want to do a, a cthulhu mythos versus dragons game yeah. <laughs> so I, I just want the i was like now that's that's really playing with with the materials and and the ideas behind them and just letting those things run and that was really really i was so glad to see that that um people could um just dive into it with that much enthusiasm absolutely uh, i know like honestly for me i was a little nervous because it's the first time we had done a two book kickstarter where one book didn't obviously require the other book Right. So like we, we had done obviously uh, origin and hero for scion we had done uh, trinity core book and aeon for trinity we hadn't done two books that ultimately were disconnected like that um and i was nervous that it was going to be the well some people will show up for one and not the other and not just not decided to back either um but what i ended up seeing was a lot of people who did probably come for one either i want to play a dragon or i want to check out the how you're spending the cthulhu mythos and ended up really getting excited about the other one as a result, which was which was really gratifying. And I think a huge testament because those are two very different creative teams working in isolation. And the fact that they were able to connect to both sets of fans so readily really shows the strength of both manuscripts. 
So I, I'm excited about Dragon and Nazca's Mythos. I am not excited about dealing with the errata, but I am excited about the books. Yeah. Although I, I still think that my favorite piece of errata that we've ever gotten is the person who was just like, can you add art to the dragons? And I'm like, on it, on it, yes. buddy. <laughs> like, I don't know who that was, but like, on it. Like, we are definitely adding art because that's how we operate. Right. Now, now I, I think, to, to, to be fair, before the um the person who wrote that probably came to the to the kickstarter as the first time they'd come to it weren't aware of right. what we were actually handing out which is a pre-edited or edited manuscript right. not a, a pdf of the way the book's going to look yeah so there's there's formatting oh thing. you mean the book is it going to be a black and white word document <laughs> So, so if you're not heavily engaged in, in no, that like is you, fair. you could be a you could be a Cthulhu fan, you could be somebody who just right. loves dragons, and they then they get this piece of documentation in PDF form and go, but wow, this could be really hard to read. In that form, I would imagine it would be really hard to read if you weren't familiar with how our formatting works. I think most right. of our more experienced fans can can take a look at it and go, oh yeah, this is where they put a sidebar. That's because it says sidebar. Uh, formatting right. here you know blah, blah. so i can figure out that's going to be set off that way blah 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 uh, but even then we have people who, who who do complain about x y or z and um they need to understand it's a process that we do take the reason we have a feedback form during this stage is so that it can be part of the process so that if there are things in there that could be emphasized or pulled back on language change to make it more clear this is a great opportunity to get those notes back to us it's not a mistake it's not foolishness that somebody didn't know what they were doing it is this is the stage it's at very often during editing post-editing development which is why we have that stage a lot of those issues would be brought up anyway Mm -hmm. So it's a great time to have the notes from people who've gotten, you know, who are from backers in that stage. So that could be added, you know, grist to the mill, if you will. And, and honestly, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a fair point about being able to parse the manuscript, something I've been thinking over myself, um, because I have been living with our styles for now well over a decade. And so I'm, I'm very comfortable with looking at a Word document and imagining some form of what that final book is going to look like. Um, and I remember specifically on the Dystopia Rising Evolution Kickstarter, we had a couple of people who were like, oh, this is really hard to read and it's impossible to parse and you can't make a character. And I had basically going, I, I trust, trust me, it will look better in the final manuscript, the final book. Um, that it's just because it's, we, we have to explain a lot to the layout person. Also, there's a lot of stuff that the layout person is just going to know to do that we don't talk about at all in the manuscript. And sure enough, after the book came out, I had, I had a lot of people separately say, you know, it's such a relatively easy to follow and very clear. Um, the, the visual layout and the way that folks like Mike Cheney and his team of layout people handle that stuff really does add to readability in a way that sometimes is not always clear during the shorter process. So, Totally. Uh, we do have one more question, which yeah. is, uh, do you think future designers and writers can learn a lot from following the process of how an Onyx Path game goes from manuscript to full layout? They could learn it for us. <laughs> <laughs> like every company is is essentially different in, in the, yes. the various steps and stages and, and priorities that they put onto those things. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think it's, I think we have a very strong system. It's a system right now that's extremely reflexive to commentary from our, our uh, community. Um, we try not to block off 
many of the avenues of communication with that stuff, but there's other other places, uh, uh, individuals who who are putting together their their game and stuff like that, who they want to present it their their vision, and so that's what you're going to get. So if you were writing, if you were writing for somebody who was, you know, had their company more insular that way, it would be difficult to understand why do we pause a manuscript when we could be getting it done in order to go back into it and, and, and review uh, errata or commentary or whatever. Right. Um, uh, that being said, uh, I think if you've never made these games before, or if you have no clue how one's made, um, our process is a little more regimented and documented than some other uh, uh, companies. So uh, yeah. being able to understand what each, what happens each step and why that happens can be valuable. Um, last year, uh, so it was 2020, so like 12 years ago in my head, um, I did do a series of YouTube videos uh, for, on the Onyx Path channel called Eddie's Workshop. And I talked about some of the different stages and actually had a screen share of uh, a couple of different games, some dystopia rising, some monarchies amount where I show like here's what an outline looks like. Here's the things I look for in an outline. And the same thing for uh, edit parsing edits, uh, uh, you know, proofing up the manuscript and so on and so forth to kind of show people the things that a developer has to look at and, and consider. So um, uh, we're pretty open about our process. And uh, I, I've certainly even given classes uh, to people and to our financials about here's what the process is and how we do it. Um, I used to do developer boot camps back in the day when we had in-person conventions. And I'm still trying to think of ways that I can turn it into maybe a virtual form for Omics PathCon, which I hear is coming in June, but I can't confirm that. But, <laughs> June, 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 June. June, June, June yes. 2021. But um, uh, the, I think the, 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 it's fair, like Rich says, to say that is a way to make a book. Um, it will help you think about the things you need to think about when you make a book. But I know of companies that are very comfortable doing things like editing the manuscript in layout which is a process that seems to work for some people and I cannot possibly fathom. Yeah, I, I, I have I've worked for companies where like the manuscript looks like it's laid out in like even like in like the, the word file and it's, it's odd. Mm -hmm. um, I've also done proofing for people when it's like the, the, the PDF book where I have found like large issues and I'm like, hope this doesn't mess up your layout, but you should change this. So, right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what we try to do is is solve the problem in the proper stage, not letting it move to. So if you're dealing with word a word problem, like, oh, we need to change this text here. Right. We need to change this there. We need to add something. We need to take it apart. Having that in layout already means you're um, going, you're, you're, you're getting rid of work, you know, yep. you're, you're, that someone in, in layout has already done. Whereas it's a, it's a, it's a text problem, solve the text problem. Now we get to layout. Now we're looking at it and going, geez, you know, now that we thought this when it was just text, it sounded like this was going to look really great. But no, look, it doesn't it doesn't fill the page right. It doesn't do right. stuff mm -hmm. like that. If you're Adam Jury, you could do all that at the same time. Right. Yeah. Adam, Adam Jury multiple skill sets at once. The king of being like layout first. That'll be right. bunch of stuff. And like then I figure it out. And I'm like, okay, if you want to work that way, you work that way. Like right. it, 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 it works for Adam. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and when Adam decides he's going to relay out the entire book because he wanted to tweak a sentence. Um, that's, that's, that's his book. Yeah. Right. Totally. And, and again, that, that totally works for him and his, I, I can't argue with his results. I mean, he makes some gorgeous, gorgeous uh, books. That is our friend, Adam Jury from post-human studios that does Eclipse yes. phase, by the way. Yes. Eclipse phase. Who does amazing work and then Which 10 minutes later gets hanging with it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Close space, definitely. Um, but so we are getting close to is we have our five minute warning. So um, is there anything else anybody, uh, my co-hosts or our esteemed guests would like to mention before we wrap things up? Do we have any other questions in the chat? No. Not right now, but I, I want to say one thing, which is that I've been seeing some of the uh, splat art come in for Exalted Essence. Oh. And it's really pretty. And I'm very excited about it. Good. Um, yeah. And Exalted Essence is also coming to Kickstarter soon, TM. Soon, TM. Yep. Yeah, sometime after Adventure. Right. Adventure! Uh, uh, one thing I want to point out is during the course of this weekend of Virtual HorrorCon, uh, there are a whole bunch of RPG deals on over Drive yes. RPG, Indie Press Revolution, and elsewhere. And uh, you can find those links scattered across Twitter. If you just type in hashtag Virtual HorrorCon, you will find those things linked. But if you want a more condensed place to go, then go check out uh, EddieWeb slash PugSteady on Twitter because Eddie very kindly tweeted out every single one of the deals and <laughs> give, give him a follow he's feeling lonely it's true i only Aww. have like 300 followers on like something like that three four hundred that's not enough no i'll have to work on that so okay follow me follow me instead fine, fine, fine. um well with, with that um rich if people wanted to talk to you about how to get you more followers where would they find you online um it, well, I mean, I'm all over online, but if they wanted to talk to me about anything, richt at theonyxpath.com. Okay. And Dixie? Uh, you can find me on all social media at Dixie Cyanide. Matthew? I'm on matthewdawkins.com, and they can find me on Twitter at DawkinsMP. Always check out theonyxpath.com because we respond to all comments on the blog, uh, well, pretty much all comments on the I, blog. I, I, don't know that, I don't know that people realize, Matthew, that you are, in fact, a member of Parliament. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's my secret shame, not the role playing, but the <laughs> the British government. Right Are you like now. on the back bench? I mean, what's the what's no, the no, I'm on the front bench. I'm the person handling the COVID crisis. The reason it's going so badly <laughs> is because I'm developing RPGs. Oh, uh, what were uh, you thinking? Well, at the start of the year, 2020, <laughs> thinking, okay, I could really refocus now on lockdown measures, coronavirus, the handling of it, or I could start developing a book called They Came From Classified at this time. And uh, I decided to go for the Classified Project. And so that's what I'm working on right now. So they came from COVID? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no. Wow. No, no, well, we won't you... believe that. Leave <laughs> that behind. Too soon, is it? Uh... Oh, yeah. Eddie, what I about mean, you? Too and soon, on that note, it's yeah. still happening. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you can find me at pugsteady.com and from there you can get all my social media accounts which I have changed because I just discovered that I've been saying that for four months and didn't actually update my links to my social media accounts so they were going <laughs> to dead accounts so nice. now that does actually work the way I say it's been working the oh past my God. four months um, well you should get more followers from that alone. clearly I mean that may be part of the reason why I have so few followers is because I tell people to go that way and they can't find me yeah. um uh, but you can find all of us, as Matthew says, at uh, theonyxpath.com. Um, you can also chat with us. Uh, the best way to talk to us these days is in our Discord, um, which we can put a link in the show notes. Uh, but we have a, a Pathcast channel on there, which a lot of people have actually been starting doing like um, live tweeting uh, or live posting, I should say, as they listen to the episodes, which has been yeah. a lot of fun. So we get yeah. to kind of chat along with that. Although it, it is always funny to me because somebody will pop in there and be like, yeah, Dixie, I also do this thing. And I'm like, did I talk about that? 
It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like it did talk about that. Well, I, I, it's like that was that was a week ago. I have no idea what you're talking about now. Yeah, I have forgotten. <laughs> I never remember anything that I've said ever. But that's why uh, everything is canon. That's why everything we yes, everything we say is canon because that way we remember for free. And with that, many worlds, one path comes. Kind of